What's up, everyone? Uh, after a season of highs and lows, excitement and frustration, it's down to one match that's going to define what happens for Orange County here heading into the playoffs. They are in control of their destiny, a win, and we have another home match at Championship Soccer Stadium. We're here to talk about that and much more. This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast. Orange and Black Soccer Cast, the first and only podcast dedicated to Orange County Soccer Club, its fans, and supporters. Follow us on Twitter at OCSC underscore SoccerCast or on Facebook at Orange and Black Soccer Cast. How's it going, Orange County? Welcome to another episode of the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, the first and only podcast dedicated to Orange County Soccer Club its fans, and supporters. I'm your host, Ray Samora, and I'm going to take you through our journey today as we discuss all things Orange County Soccer Club. Joining me as he has each and every episode since day one is Mr. Dylan from Canaline Coalition. Dylan, are you still riding that high from what was a big victory this past weekend against Las Vegas? Uh, is, it a big, is it a big high? I... I, I mean, you went from the lowest like, of lows to the highest of highs, right? I mean, that's crazy. But we'll we'll get into that. How are you doing, my man? I'm I'm doing well. I'm I'm doing well. I'm glad to be here and enjoying a cool couple of days before I think tomorrow it gets a little a little wild down here. So for some reason we're in the throes of chaos of weather, but happy to be here and and happy to chat about some uh some lower division footy and getting some uh, bunny ears in the background. Uh, by an arm of some sort there. Um, let's head down the coast to San Diego, where I think, I don't know how your weather has been, but we're, we're, in, we're, we have a crazy week of weather going on. We just had some crazy rain and now we're going to have like, I think in the mid to high night, uh, mid eighties to high eighties, maybe even the nineties on Thursday. What are you guys getting uh, this week, Alan? And, and how are you doing my man? I, I what, think we'd, why I you got to join the hat club. I think we would define this as fair weather down here in San Diego. But um, get out get out get out <laughs> i mean it was rainy it's been chilly uh i actually don't mind when it's like a little bit chilly like sweatshirt weather i love it um you know things in san diego uh on the pitch haven't been going as great uh but I just got back from a uh, an event and it reminds me of why i love usl with the connection to the players and the the, the way that the players connect to the community uh, i saw that you know some really cool pictures from orange county for their fan appreciation night and it just reminds me that there there are really great human beings that we get to root for every week, um, and that connection they build to the community is um, a fantastic thing to be a part of. Uh, and so that's I'm I am full of love and joy tonight, and some beer. <laughs> He's already ready for this podcast. He's like already what two or three cans deep or pints, whatever. Uh, pints. They gave us a couple free uh, beverages at Stone Brewing tonight. So um, I am. This is. I'm I'm ready to 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 bear all, both good and bad, because I think uh, there's some a lot of good going on in Orange County right now. Um, let's uh, head up to the northwest, and that would be Brad up in Reno, uh, who also is not joining Dylan and I in the um, wearing something on top of our head mode here. What's up, uh, Brad? How headphones? you doing, my man? I'm doing well. Um... Whew, you were talking about the, count, the yeah. weather. What was that? I would just say the headphones don't oh, count as wearing something okay. on top of the head. Um, so you guys were talking about the weather that you guys were getting down there and how, oh, it must be a, a couple inches. Reno got a whole year's allotment of rain in 24-hour period. So, I mean, that's like three, four inches, which isn't much. But uh, the mountain next to us got two, two and a half feet of snow. Um, you guys are putting things on your head. This is all gone to, we can't see that Ray, your green screen kind of ruins it. It, it, it was, yeah, it was a glass. It was a beer. I, yes. Um, but yeah, a lot of, a lot of wet weather, uh, Sunday and, uh, Monday down here in Reno. 
what's what's going on with Dylan like just cracking up in silence because he's muted. Um, yeah, I was I was watching this. What was it on Sunday night? The 49er uh, game and they were, they were just getting the downpour. I'm sure that just went right to your direction there. Um, Mr. Brad <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, and yeah, yay beer um, and Adidas or Adidas as some people would, would call it. Yes. Um, on our chats here. Uh, let's get into the, the talk here. Cause we have a couple matches to talk about. L- let me just say this, right? I um, missed last week's episode because it was my birthday and got to hang out with the family on my birthday, but you guys did a great job of handling things. At least Dylan and Brad, not Alan. Alan was uh, celebrating my birthday elsewhere. Not with me, just doing his own celebration. Um, so you guys did a great job of handling the podcast and props to our producer, Andy, and our guests that jumped on to help you guys out. Um, maybe I should miss more episodes because uh, the recaps and the previews, all those matches were positives for Orange County that I don't have any connection to because I was missing that, that last episode. Uh, but one of those matches that happened was uh, immediately after our episode, uh, Alan's favorite team, I think came up the I five and joined us at championship soccer stadium. And you okay, Dylan, the I five. Yeah. The I five. He wants to be inclusive. He wants to get the, uh, the five people in and also I five people in. So the Southern Californians, the San Diego freeway, let's just go that way. This, they journeyed up the San Diego freeway to join us at championship soccer stadium um, as San Diego paid visit to orange County in Irvine. And let's just say it didn't go well for San Diego. Uh, these are two, the, the two teams that are battling for second place in the Pacific division and San Diego was in control of it at this point of the match, but couldn't uh, come out victorious. They still had some control even after uh, that match a little bit there, um, but we've learned it's not going well for San Diego. Um, I'm going to go to you first, Alan, because you, you know, you're, you're connected to both of these squads. Um, give us your rundown of that match, San Diego versus Orange County. Yeah, I think, um, I think San Diego played the game that they wanted to play. Um, they held possession um, they kind of dominated possession a lot of the time. Uh, but I think Orange County did what they wanted to do as well. It looked like Orange County from the beginning wanted to sit back and defend and then um, wanted to kind of strike on some counterattacks. They definitely have some speed to do that. Uh, we just saw the free kick goal. I mean, like when someone scores something like that, you just got to tip your hat. I mean, that's a, a good quality free kick uh, over the wall and in. Um, Austin Guerrero has almost zero chance to get there. Um, that's kind of been one of his Achilles heels. Uh, he's a quality goalkeeper, um, but just, you know, moving that far in the goal from that close is really hard. Um, like I said, I think San Diego played the game they wanted to play. Orange County played the game they wanted to play. They both had their chances. Uh, the difference is one goal. Uh, and I think that's going to be the case for uh, both teams going into the playoffs is I don't think, you know, you're going to get three, four goal games anymore. Um you know, Rakowski came up pretty big there on that save. Um, I, I think after the end of the game, I don't think San Diego uh, people are disappointed by the way they played. Obviously, they're disappointed with the result. Um, but this is a case of, you know, just not getting that ball to bounce the way you want to and then giving up a free kick goal. Um, you know, I don't I don't. I'm getting less and less enthralled with the, well, this team deserved this and this team deserved that, or this is the better team. I think both teams played exactly the game plan they wanted to play. Both teams executed the game plan that they wanted to execute, and and one team was able to find the goal, uh, and San Diego wasn't, and Orange County did. Um, And props to Orange County. Um, You know, I I said on Fairweather that Kobe Henry has developed into a fine defender. Uh, I was pretty critical of him earlier. Uh, so when he does well, I'm going to speak uh, well of him. I thought he he did well, um, and he's slowly inserting himself into that back line as someone that's dependable. And, um, I mean, I, I think you can probably see me in that replay at some point. I think it was disappointing for San Diego, but, um, you know, Orange County is playing really well right now. Um, so you, you're up against a team that's playing well uh, at home, and you give up a free kick. That's what you're going to get. And the beauty of this this game, this sport, is, you know, it all can ride on one, you know, what, 30-second to minute 
action of the match where you get that free kick and, and, and it goes in. Other than that, it's a pretty, pretty well fought out match there. Um, Dylan, your thoughts on this match uh, from the Orange County side of things. Uh, did they deserve that win? Or is this one of those matches where both teams deserve to win and just Orange County lucked out a little bit more than San Diego did with a quality uh, kick from outside the box? This one's hard to say that anyone deserved or didn't deserve um, to win. I have to kind of echo Alan on that one. But yeah, we've kind of... I don't want to say it's... It's hard to say. It's been successful, so I don't want to say that we've regressed in a style of play to um, be defensively stout and hoof it forward to a, a big man-little man combo, but that is basically what we're doing, um, and it just happens to work really well, um, despite the players really being brought in to do another thing. So that's great. Um, and it's, you know, Lily Ball, as it is so often... Uh, referred to as here works really well um, and it's successful and it, it's working really well right now. So I don't want to complain too much about. Uh, about the noise in the background. Yeah. I mean, I, I'd love to complain about that. Sorry, everyone. And um, I don't want to complain too much about things uh, because while these games aren't pretty, they are effective. And ultimately if we're trying to win a cup, that's what it's going to be. Did you invite Cameron over? In our, <laughs> that's what I was going to ask. Is Cameron hanging out at your house tonight, Dylan? Oh man, that's. Okay, let me give you this. Let me give you this, Dylan. That is even more than what Cameron will typically bring on an episode. And, and we've all heard what Cameron has done on some of these you know episodes. What? We got him on here much. last week, and things went so well. I was like, I got to bring that same energy, but I want to up it because I'm tired of these one goal victories. That's my biggest complaint from this game is there's only one goal because we had so many chances. Uh, I, I, I need to know what was that in the background. It sounded like someone was like hanging up blinds and they fell down or something. <laughs> I don't know what that was. Uh, I believe that was potatoes. 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 I've never heard potatoes. potatoes make that sound. <laughs> <I've never laughs> heard that well, Alan, some people, um, we, we cook them before we eat them. You should try this sometime. It sounded like you were throwing the pot of potatoes down some stairs is what it sounded like. It did. Yes, it did. With some like shards of metal mixed in and, and whatnot. Um, let me go to you, Brad. Um, a, what kind of potatoes do you think Dylan's cooking there uh, or his secret arm is cooking there? And B, what were your thoughts on the match here against San Diego? Um, I'm hoping kettle, kettle baked chips. Uh, that's where you get that little pan and you... And you're uh, salting them in there, and that's the reason why them? we're hearing all that sound. Well, yeah, you fry them, little chips. Um, as for the actual match itself, uh, what was your question about that? I was too busy thinking of uh, potatoes. <laughs> um, I just asked you what your general thoughts are on this match. Yeah, um, if it wasn't for Patrick Urkowski coming up big, um, especially late, uh, this game could have easily have been one to one, two to one. Um, both teams left a lot of chances. Um, San Diego had their opportunities uh, off some late corner kicks, and they kind of just hit it straight at Rakovsky, which is very fortunate. Uh, he makes some pretty easy saves there. Um, but as for this game, this is that playoff atmosphere game that we were talking about last week, that this game was going to be a playoff atmosphere game. We were going to see a low scoring game one zero 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 one one uh i don't think any of us were going to predict uh two goals uh at least uh dylan and i both predicted i think one zero in this game um so just very what's the word i'm looking for uh just two teams that are playing like playoff teams feeling each other out like playoff teams uh a week before playoffs begin that's all i have to really say about this match it was it was a tougher match than uh, the scoreline will really show you. Um, and, and let's let's talk about this because it was a Wednesday night match, which typically um, is difficult to get fans, especially at Championship Soccer Stadium. Um, San Diego brought up a nice group of fans. You could tell uh, from the the 
the video, the highlights that we saw, but there was also a decent amount of fans from Orange County that were there, um, which is, is pretty cool to see. I know that's what been one of the biggest things that people sort of like to joke about when they're, when they're talking trash on Orange County is uh, that it's typically more fans from the other team than um, you have actual Orange County fans, but Orange County has been pulling some fans this season with all the, the things they've been doing to try and make that happen. I know, um, some people uh, don't like the gimmicks and some people like it because it's going to bring more fans into the stadium. Um, Dylan, uh, I believe you were there, correct? Um, and if so, what were your thoughts? What, was it a good crowd and uh, was Caroline Coalition uh, able to uh, be strong for a Wednesday night match? Um, we weren't the biggest group, admittedly. Uh, and that's generally how it goes on a weeknight matches, probably anywhere. San Diego travels well and this was no... Um, exception but I think despite there being a small number of us we gave a pretty good account of ourselves um, and had a really good time and yeah something about I think this is what 2020 would have liked or would have looked like barring um, a pandemic and and now they're kind of getting to stretch their legs we've had Jeff Gardner around for a while and, and this is I think what they brought him in to do and he's doing an excellent job and look, it means you get cool stuff like uh, more interesting and more fun fan appreciation nights. Uh, you get stuff like more beer fests uh, and whiskey tasting. And yeah, you get stuff like 4,910 people showing up. And I don't know if that's exactly accurate. It didn't seem like it was that big, but there were a lot of people in the beer garden. Um, yeah, I was about not, to say uh, that behind the goal, there was a, a lot of people. Uh, you probably didn't get enough justice looking across the field, but from the camera, a lot of people were there. Oh, yeah, it was it was massive behind that goal, and not, not so much in the stands, but ultimately it's slow division soccer. Um, if you can get people in the gates and they happen to see something cool like an Eric Calvillo banger of a free kick into the top left corner, you know, maybe they come out on Saturday. Maybe they come up the next week, and I mean... And you can watch see that some of the fans hanging out there. My life. I mean, what a beautiful free kick! <laughs> um, and you get a you get an image of the fans hanging out there in the the fan zone section. I'm watching the game from over there. So yeah, um, definitely a good show. Uh, uh, turnout from the fans on a Wednesday night match. Uh, but also, I mean, we've always talked about it, right? Orange County fans usually will root for winners, and and Orange County is fighting, you know, for good position in the playoffs. And so you're going to draw a few more fans than you maybe would if Orange County was on the outside looking in or not really having a good ch uh, shot at it. Um, you know, this is that rough schedule we had talked about all the last few episodes, and this is now the end of it. The San Diego match on a Wednesday, followed by a Saturday night match against Las Vegas. And then Orange County gets a full week before they have to prepare for their next match, which is rare at this point of the season for them. So let's talk about this uh, match against Las Vegas. First and foremost, it was Scott Toberfest is I think the way it was branded. So they, there was a, a Scottish festival that I believe the gates open like at 1030 or 11 AM. And it went all the way through to kickoff um, big old stage set up uh, bands performing, uh, you can go and taste some food, some uh, scotch tasting, some Scottish gin tasting, all this interesting stuff that was going on. Uh, my family and I and I brought some friends out uh, towards the end of the the festival and to watch the match. Um, I was trying to bring a bigger group of fans out to the match, but unfortunately, uh, upon numerous attempts to try and obtain some group tickets, uh, that fell through. I didn't hear from any of the ticket reps to purchase group tickets so i just had to tell people if they want to come it's going to be full price so i probably didn't get as many out as i was hoping um which is a little frustrating uh but well that's something we could talk about later on um let me go to you first Dylan, on this uh because you were right there with caroline coalition for this match um you know things seemed like they were going to go well for orange County early on. They got the first goal of the match, but we've learned all season uh, late leads for orange County are not guaranteed things. I actually literally uh, told one of the, uh, one of the friends that I brought to the match that, um, you know, we give up late goals that either, you know, we tie or we lose. And lo and behold, like a few minutes later, orange County gives up a goal. Um, it's it tied, was you this time. It seems like I, I can, I'm going to ask you this quick question, then we can get to the analysis of the match. Dylan, did you think it was going to end in a draw after that goal from Vegas? Or did you think there was any chance Orange County could come back from that at the time? 
oh, I thought this was a draw. I thought this was another draw snatched from the the uh, the jaws of the victory, and it was so deflating. I mean, I think everyone uttered a four letter word um, when when that uh, when that goal from Trail went in. And it's it was hard because that goal was right in front of Carolina Coalition too, which is difficult uh, to watch. Um, Alan, how excited were you and the rest of San Diego uh, when that goal went in in the ninety first minute of two, with only two minutes of extra time announced? How excited were you guys that Orange County was dropping points at a critical moment for both teams, uh, us in San Diego? Um, I mean, sure, but I, I do think that. Um this is kind of the opposite match for orange County is, I mean, if both teams as my dog hacks up something, um, I think both teams for San Diego, orange County, I think deserve to get something out of this. This was like clearly a orange County dominated match. Like I was watching it, uh, as I was watching in the first half, I was like, there's no way orange County loses this. Like they are just absolutely dominating everything. The momentum's completely in their direction. It was, 27 shots, 12 on target, 58% ball possession. Like it was the exact opposite game. Uh, when Vegas scores, you're just going to be like, you just got to be like, oh, that's just, just, just terrible. Um, I thought, you know, Domus is as close to onside as humanly possible, if not maybe a little bit off. But I think looking at that replay, it's like the angle's terrible. And that's a really hard call for the referee. And as Andy said, he didn't call him off. So he's not off, which is fair. Um, you know, I think looking at this game, like Orange County is going to get three points out of this regardless. I think they deserve three points out of this. I think they played really well. Um, they were unfortunate that some of those goals don't go in earlier. Um, you know, you hit the post several times. Uh, I think, yeah, hit the woodwork twice, five big chances, four big chances missed this. I mean, when Vegas scored, you're like, that's a little bit unfair. Like, Honestly, that's like a little bit unfair. Like Orange County has yet to look this good over 90 minutes for a while uh, as far as like dominating a game. I think they're they do a really good job of of being competitive and knowing when to push and when not to push. You know that 1-0 against Phoenix, I think they did a good job of of defending and counter. Uh obviously the one against San Diego, which I thought was a waste of a Wednesday night. Like imagine that game on a Saturday night with like a beer fest and like three San Diego buses, like nothing would screen like success of San Diego of, of Southern California soccer than having orange County and San Diego play in front of an absolute packed house for second place on the line. Like I was heartbroken that, you know, it was a Wednesday night match, um, but that Las Vegas match. Yeah. You got to be like, Oh, that sucks for orange County, but they definitely deserve the three points um, in this one for sure. Um, and th- they're setting themselves up well for the playoffs. Um, so I'm going to go to you, Brad, and the, the Achilles heel for Orange County all season has been crosses to the back post. For some reason, Orange County cannot defend those, and lo and behold, we see that uh, with uh, in the second-to-last match of the season. Uh, I mean, could could the Las Vegas player be any more wide open in that situation? I mean, I, I said it was right in front of Dylan. It was literally right in front of where I was sitting, uh, and, and there was no Orange County player other than Patrick Krakowski uh, covering, trying to cover that back post, and uh, Anyone that plays uh, between the sticks knows that that's a difficult, difficult uh, stop to make because you have to commit to one side or the other of where you think the player is going to go. Um, what What are your thoughts on that, Brad? And is this something that should be of concern uh, for Orange County? Are, are teams going to be looking at this as a way to exploit Orange County? I guess I was a little bit over-exaggerating that no one was near the back post, but still, I mean, it's what it seems like because that's what's been happening all season. Uh, I mean... Yeah, you are a hundred percent right that it's our it's been our Achilles heel. Um, I I don't know how you fix this, uh, you know, because it looks like Brent Richards is the man who's uh, supposed to be marketing marking him, not marketing. Um, but I just got to give up, you know, a kind of a tip of the hat to the not a nod of the hat to uh, the team for for finishing this game out strong uh, with that Damas goal at the end, he's been looking for goal number 13 for a very, very long while. And, you know, it's about time that he got lucky number 13 there. Um, But we shouldn't have been in a situation where we were even looking to tie. There were so many chances that were just so close this game. And if it wasn't the 
the crossbar denying as a goal. It was uh, probably Vegas's best player and Alex Rando just making some killer saves like he always does. You know, if uh, the Golden Glove Award was for, you know, best goalkeeper in terms of saves per game, he's probably number one on the whole league because he just sees a lot of shots come his way. And we put a lot towards him this game, and he made a lot of really quality saves like he always has done against us. Um, but, no, good. it's good seeing some fight out of the team. Uh, hopefully other teams won't take advantage of that cross. It's not an easy thing to do, uh, like that goal Vegas scored on us. So, you know, quality to them. It was a really beautiful cross. Um, but you just gotta, just gotta close out the space, not allow a man to have a free run inside the box there. Uh, and you know, shout out, like you said to that last goal, Alan, you had something to, to chime in on. Yeah. Alex Rando has 19 more saves than the next highest goalkeeper. Uh, and then after that, it's 27 more saves than the number three Wait, place. The, the goalkeeper. second goalkeeper has 23 more saves over third. No, no. Alex oh. Rando has 124. Jeff Caldwell has 105. And then in third place, it's two keepers at 97. So he has a crap load more saves than everybody else. <laughs> that, that's, that's very indicative of the offense there or the defense there you there. go right um now i i totally forgot what i was going to talk about though uh oh Good. i was going to talk about the ending of that match uh after we give up the goal a quick uh response from orange county pulling out the three points somehow some way like a miracle at championship soccer stadium there uh, i think how my coalition was celebrating for a good half hour to 45 minutes after that it was also fan appreciation night so all the players came over to take pictures and we're, we're celebrating with Caroline coalition. And then for those that weren't at the stadium, you got to listen to wonderful uh, call from Mike Watts uh, on that game winning goal. And I think I was reading on social media as I can't remember if it was Facebook or Twitter um, that there was a, a, a fan from, I believe Scotland that was saying, I wish our Scottish, uh, our, our broadcasters could be as excited about the goals as what, uh, what we had. And I, I want to say it was our producer, Andy, uh, that should we tell it out. That, it's uh, the Mike power. It's the power of Mike Watts, man. That, that's what you get out of Mike Watts. He's an amazing play-by-play uh, -play guy, and that's why he pretty much calls almost every match you can think of that he's available for um, because he's an amazing voice for lower division soccer in the U.S. I uh, love, and soccer in I general. Love, I love how he does, like, he'll ask for people to give him words to work in, and he does a great he's job. He's done one of your words before, right, he, Alan? It was Quagmire. He worked in Quagmire for, I think, the USL Championship game. That is some talent. Um, that is some right? talent when you can work in random words, right? And, that, and that's what's fun about him, too, is like he isn't just a commentator, but he's so engaging with the community that it's not just a guy who shows up and calls your games. Like You feel like you know him. Uh, same thing, I think, with Devin Kerr. They're just so engaging on, on Twitter that like they feel like they're part of that community. And you absolutely love it that it's not just like, hey, I'm doing this because it's a gig and I want to move up and do something different. It's like they're well respected because they engage the community in a way that's like honest and cool. It's that lower division soccer feel that we were talking about earlier, right? Is that you that you were talking about just having that connection. I remember we were trying to get him on. Um, we were doing a live show from the the stadium and he was going to be making the call on the match. I forget who it was against. And he actually agreed to come on, but we had technical difficulties and we couldn't get him on, but that's how amazing of a guy this is. This is a well-known play-by-play uh, man that calls soccer matches, not just for USL, but also, you know, international and all that stuff. And he was willing um, before he's going to go live for a match, like literally probably a half hour before he's about to go live. He was willing to at least come on and talk to us. But again, due to technical difficulties, we couldn't make it happen. Um, uh, and, uh, so I appreciate that type of stuff. And, you know, there's been other people that have made that, that, uh, that have joined us for stuff when we're like, really? And that's why this league and the people that follow and cover this league are amazing. Let's um, talk about our uh, competition for our predictions really quick here before we move on and look ahead to the final regular season match of the season. Uh, I had the best back-to-back -back, uh, uh, prediction game stats uh, of the whole season. And it's because... I wasn't on the episode. That's why I was so so saying I shouldn't be on the episode. But I came away with back-to-back -back of 11 points. If you look through my whole season, the closest thing to that was eight points, and that was the very first two weeks of the season. So um, I'm finishing up strong here, but I'm still 10 points behind um, Alan for third place. So, Alan, if you could just make a totally wrong prediction and get zero points so I can get the full 10 and at least tie, that would be amazing. Um, but looking they, at the scores there. 
did they predict for me last week? Because I did not. I was like, I don't even make predictions at this point. I don't know how I'm think, still beating you. I think the guys chose who was going to predict for us. I I think I did throw in my tweet for a prediction um, for the San uh, the San Diego match, but other than that, I I don't know what happened. I got lucky though. They were they you, gave me some nice. Were you nice and let Tony? Me. Were you guys nice and let Tony predict? Okay, well then, yeah, he's good. So I love Tony. The 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 scores before we go to the final regular season match and we're not going to do this in the playoffs so the, the this upcoming match is the last one for this game brad is in first at 98 points still and is in second with 92 points so he still has a chance to catch up to brad um alan 67 and i'm at 57 i still have a chance to catch up to alan although it's a very slim chance of doing so um so that's where we are um let's talk about this upcoming match in this okay I know we're on probably the best run of form that we've been on all season. Um, we were talking about before we went live, probably one of the best runs of form heading into the end of the season since our run to the USL uh, Western Conference Championships in 2018. Um, but we are coming up against an opponent that has been probably the most difficult for us this season. And it's unfortunately a team that is fighting for their playoff lives in this match as well. So it's not something where you're going to have a team that's already eliminated, so they're not going to try. Um, yes, I am talking about a match against LA Galaxy 2, Los Dos. Uh, currently, Orange County is sitting in second place. They're in control of their destiny. If they can win, um, they are guaranteed second place. If they draw or lose, then they have to hope for um, some bad luck for San Diego. LA Galaxy are sitting in fourth place at 39 points with two teams behind them that are fighting with them for that spot. So if Los Dos drop any points, then either Oakland or Tacoma have an opportunity to jump up there and take that final playoff spot in the Western Conference, or in sorry, in the Pacific Division. Um, so Orange County has a playoff spot locked down, but I, I, I'm assuming they would love to have another home match here before uh, a guaranteed home match before the end of the season. Um, does it scare you, Dylan, that it's Los Dos that we have to play? and win if we want to guarantee a home playoff match on, I believe November 7th would be when that match is. Um, does, does Los Dos scare you at this point? Because A, we've been so unsuccessful against them this season and B, they have something to play for. I, no, this isn't a way, Matt. I, before I even begin, I would just like to say the galaxy suck. Uh, open your stadium um, San Diego got a little bit lucky with that one. I don't know if that's because they're landing Donovan statue or, or, or what's going on there. Um, it would be so cool to watch this one in person. We're not going to get that opportunity. So uh, for that, I hope they lose 400 uh, to nil um, with every player on Orange County scoring however many goals that is required. Um, it's just I, I it's frustrating. Oh, yeah, yeah. That Maybe that's my – no, I want to maybe win. Also, it does uh, worry me. Uh, inter- interrupting, uh, Ray, I do want to point out that a draw guarantees second place for Orange County. Yes. All right. Then there we go. Yeah, we need uh, a result. The first tiebreaker is head to head matchup, which Orange County has two wins, one loss, and one draw against so, San Diego. And, and ultimately, so we need a result, but it's against Los Dos, who's been difficult for us to get a result against. Yeah, we've been pretty haunted from that post, or excuse me, from that preseason match that. Uh, these four lovable fools called um, to, I mean, just just about everything. Um, so I am a little bit worried, but uh, we do play well away, and I, I think this is just away enough for us to, and I think we're in good enough form and defensively stout enough that if we don't give up stupid fouls, we, we can pick up all three points here. And honestly, I will settle for a nil-nil draw. I'd be happy with just one one last run out this season at home. Yes, perfect. Um, Alan, uh, what what does Orange County? What are the keys for Orange County to uh, be victorious in this match? I, I knew that was coming on the graphics, so I had to say it. Alan knew it was coming too. That's why he's cracking up. Either that, or his dog is licking his foot, or something they're going crazy at each other right now they are fighting and humping and i'm holding jasper and brew is still trying to get at him like it is it is like wwe in my house right now um yeah so keys to victory like the steel cage the the ladder yes yes. all that stuff right uh keys to victory um you don't need a victory you just need a draw 
So keys to a draw is score as many goals as you let in. Keys to victory would be uh, score more goals than you let in. Um, I, I do think there is a little bit of a concern. Yeah, thank you. This is the this is the breakdown that you signed up for. This uh, is why quality. we brought Alan on yep. permanently two years ago. Are we ago. just going to ignore that Alan just threw a dog? Yes. Um, <laughs> the, um, the, the question mark is um, LA Galaxy. Uh, Orange County has gotten uh, – they, they drew – Alan doesn't know what to say now because he's too worried about his they dog. They drew um, in LA in June. These guys are just intense. Um, they drew in June. He's so, gonna suplex the dog. Um, there is, um, there's a chair over here, by the way. Just so you know, there's there's a chair right there. Um, so, um, but the last time, or <laughs> we broke, we broke Alan. This is, this is my fault. I'm sorry, everyone. It's 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 oh. weird here. Uh, <laughs> The last time Orange <laughs> County won in LA was August 22nd, 2020. Um, they do not have a great record against LA in LA um, or just against Los Dos in general. Um, but I, I'd like to, I mean, personally, I would love it if they lost. Um, but realistically, I think Orange County is 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 in really good form. Los Dos is not in great form, but they, they have to win to get in. So this is going to be like, this is going to be a really fun game for neutrals to watch. Cause I think both teams need to go for it. Um, you know, Orange County can't sit back and cause if Los Dos pinches one, then they're on the road. Um, it's going to be a real fun game. Uh, Los Dos is unpredictable, but Orange County has been playing really well. Um, so I just think they need to continue with their game plan. They they know where, what they need to do to get a point in uh, in L.A. Uh, like they did the last time they played in L.A. Um, both home games were the loss, but the, the road game was the draw. 1-1. One, one. Uh, and I can see Orange County doing enough to get a draw out of this one and securing uh, second place. Uh, but they can't, they have to play, I think, they can't play to get a draw because I think that puts them behind in uh, a weird mentality, I think they need to go out and and be like, we want to go five in a row on the way in. Um, reminiscent, like you said, that that 2018 where I think they won 14 out of 16 or got results in 14 out of 16. Um, I think a couple draws in there. Uh, so Orange County wants to go in strong and say, look, like you know, this isn't you know 2019 where we didn't feel super confident going in. This is a chance for Orange County to. Say, look, we're going to go five in a row on the way in, and we're going to beat whoever we get from the mountain, whether that's Colorado or San Antonio, um, and, and put a stamp down to, to put LA Galaxy behind them. I have. All right, can I can can I just say something really quick? Can I apologize for choking on Mike while uh, y'all were making me crack up in the middle of my drink of beer? I've never had beer come up my nose, and we had a first here on this episode because of everything that happened there. Very uh, so nice. So I apologize for anyone that had to listen to that. Um, hacking that i had there for a few seconds go dylan um i have a question for you guys obviously this team has a lot of playoff experience with guys like brent richards um Aiden apodaca could be included in that seth casipley of course and probably blanking on some other ones i don't think brian olosky knows much about the playoffs unfortunately uh thomasina voltson certainly uh darwin jones i can go on and i can go on and on and on and on so i'll just shut up for a moment um with that but do we think that the experience and the playoff experience and the kind of veteran leadership of this team is enough to maybe put Los Dos in a position where they're going to feel uneasy despite being at home and maybe give something give something up in this match? Who do you want to answer that first, Dylan? Brad, because I haven't heard his voice in a while. Well, I mean, there's a lot of experience, uh, but... Actually, unlike everything else that you guys have said, uh, I have this game as kind of being like a complete everything's thrown everywhere and this is going to be a high-scoring affair. Um, the key to this game is not to lose your head. Um, to If you're Orange County, do treat it like a playoff game. Um, and so don't pull a Harry I, Forster. Um, in yeah, exactly. Um, 
But if I if I understand anything about Orange County from this past year of uh of uh following and doing this with you guys is Orange County is going to have and I'm afraid of saying this, but a tendency once when this game starts to park the bus immediately and kind of play for that draw, uh, in which case they're kind of looking at playing to lose. Um, because so no you, back six, you're not wanting to see a back six from Orange County. I'm not, I'm not wanting to see a back six. I'm not wanting to see the team defending. I want to see the team attack and trying to get a couple goals on the road here. Um, I mean, can you really call it the road? Um, but I want to see the team actively trying to to win this game to get a positive result instead of just sitting back. Um, because if they sit back, time and time again, I've seen Orange County has given up a goal against teams that are just finding a lucky shot and then unable to com- convert a goal back on their end and uh, and kind of go tit for tat in the game. So hopefully it's hopefully the team brings the uh, the fight to the Galaxy instead of sitting back. Yeah, that that'll be interesting to see what the game plan is going to be for Orange County there. Um, the 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 scare for me too is like if Orange County goes ahead early, are they going to then go into that sit and that pre- you know prevent defense, the park the bus defense, whatever you want to call it? Um, and we we've seen that you know come back to bite them in the the behind uh, when they do stuff like that. I think this is a game. I, I agree with you, Brad. I think this is a, a match where they need to just come out firing. They just need to. It, it needs to be like one of those old school heavyweight boxing matches where both fighters just come out and just swing for like. 15 rounds and just go crazy and don't worry about if they're going to get knocked out. They're just going to start swinging, swinging, swinging and just go for the knockout themselves um, to see orange County get there. I, Cause I know, you know, I, I know from interacting with the players, they'd love to see that one more home match in front of the fans for the playoffs. Uh, and then once you get to that point, if you're the second seed, now you have more opportunities where if you know, one of the top seeds, top seeds fall, then you have another chance for maybe another home match. Um, if, if something works out in your favor. Um, so, yeah, it's it'll be interesting. I don't know if the, I don't remember what your question was, Dylan. So I'm just answering based off of what Brad was saying there. So yeah, man, there's no rules here. This is USL. I don't think Dylan remembers his own question. No, it was was the veteran experience that Orange County has enough to outweigh the general youthfulness and. Let me um, let me let me throw in one thing then okay. to answer that before you go to Alan, uh, Alan on this is the one concern I have for me is. One of the key key positions in Orange County is Patrick Rakowski, and he's not going to be as familiar with the U.S. based playoff system as say um, other players uh, on this team. So that might be just the one sort of worry is you know a lot of times in Europe when you have these knockout playoff formats, it's like a you know you play and if it's a draw, then you play another match. You you know you have a what is it called a reverse fixture or whatever we're going to call that. I don't know replay. There you go, a replay. I should have just gone with the most simple thing in my mind. Um, so that might be the one concern is when you have a player like that that maybe isn't quite as familiar or comfortable with the U.S.-based playoff system. Um, but other than that, yeah, Dylan, your name drop. There, there's probably 15 players on this roster with some sort of playoff experience um, in the USL, which is is nice to have at this point uh, of the season. Um, so yeah, uh, I I think that will help, but it's still it, it's low stos and that's. This is a team that Orange County has not been able to figure out all season. Um, they've had a hard time dealing with the uh, counterattack that Los Dos has and the pace that Los Dos has. And when you were talking about the veteran leadership, two of the key members of that are your center backs who are not the paciest of players. And even your outside backs are not the paciest of players. That's where you get some of that concern of going against the Los Dos. Now, on the, on the flip side of that, um, Orange County, if they win this match, will be one one point behind Tampa Bay and Birmingham for best uh, road record, uh, unless Tampa Bay wins their last road game. Uh, Phoenix has 29 points on the road. If Orange County win, they'll be at 27 on the road. Uh, so they're right in there with like the top of the USL as a road team. Um, at home, uh, Los Dos is 25th right now. Um, they would be Even if they won this match, they'd be tied with OKC for home record. Um, so there's some other things to keep in, keep in mind. Um, Los Dos, for some reason, plays way better on the road. Like Los Dos is at 22 points. They're seventh best in the league right now on the road. 
Um, so there's some things in favor of Orange County. Orange County, for some reason this year, plays really well on the road. Um, they, in big goal games, like uh, Brad mentioned, there's going to be a lot of goals. Um, they've been involved in nine games with three or more goals. They've won four, lost five. And with Orange County to Los Angeles, although it seems like, for some reason, Orange County doesn't do well against L.A., um, L.A. has scored eight goals. O.C. has scored six. Uh, so it's not really, like, that far away. It's just uh, It just seems like that because you end up with losses, both losses at home. Uh, so there are some things in favor of Orange County here, uh, obviously on the road, which is going to be a good test for Orange County because they're probably going to have to play a road game at some point, uh, even if it's um, – you know, the, the Western Conference Finals against maybe a Phoenix or El Paso. Um, obviously, against San Diego would probably be a home game. Um, and um, I, I think there's a, a, a lot of reasons why Orange County should be feel good with that veteran leadership. The only uh, downside of that is, like, youthful exuberance, where they maybe not feel the pressure as much as a team that's looking to secure a home playoff match with some veterans. Uh, some of these youth guys, they don't really have anything to lose, right? Uh, their goal is to move up to MLS. Uh, so I think maybe they have a little bit less pressure and that might benefit them. Uh, but also on the flip side, uh, they're like, well, you know, they might not have that same desire to get into the playoffs because it might not mean as much. And on the flip side of that, Los Dos needs to win this match. Like if they yeah. don't win, they might be out of the playoffs. And I said that yes. before. I think, I mean, and, and then uh, on the flip side of that, that pressure on the young youth uh, might be uh, a lot to deal with as well. So there's there's a lot of stuff psychologically that's happening in this match um, that's going to uh, uh, play into the flip of the flip of the flip of the flip side. Yeah, there's four flip sides. I make. Yeah, there's pancakes. a bunch of flips going on there. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to say this right. Let's say this right now is is Oakland. Their kickoff is only 30 minutes before this match, and Tacoma. The kickoff for their match is going to be the exact same time. So, yeah, it's going to be something where uh, Los Dos ain't going to know what what's what they need to do in this match uh, until the match is over, pretty much. Uh, let's do this. Uh, because time, um, let's get to our score predictions for this match. And since uh, Allen is not here, it, what we'll do is we will go who's in first. They get to make their prediction first. So we're going to go to Brad first. You get to make the first prediction here, Brad. What is your prediction for Orange County versus LA? The Orange County score first. Um, I'm gonna say I was originally gonna say three to three, but I'm gonna think a little bit on the uh, safer side and go two to two. Uh, it's gonna be a draw game. All right, and the next in order, Dylan. I want to win, <laughs> and I also want Orange County to win on Saturday. So two one Orange County. Will that give you a win though? Um, that would give me three points, and if it's perfect, him ten. That would give Dylan seven points. So nope, if I it's Brad perfect, he get ten. So so. Oh, if two. it's perfect, yeah. So two one, Dylan. Yeah, yeah. All right, and then uh, is Alan is... back yet? Where's? Oh, there he is. Hey, Alan. Hey, I didn't see you come back. Um, what is your prediction? What did you say, Ray? I haven't said anything yet because I get oh. to go last. No, you get to go last because you're last place. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna say, oof, I'm gonna say three two Orange County. Three two Orange County. All right. <clears throat> I need to get a perfect, and I need you to not get anything. Here we go. You ready? One one in this match. Yep. Knew it. All right, perfect. Uh, there's our predictions. Let's get into our random soccer uh, discussion here. Uh, anything that you all want to bring up here for random soccer? I'll start off really quick. Um, the league and the Players Association, uh, there's an announcement that there's the ratification of a uh, of an agreement, collective bargaining agreement for five years, which is going to help benefit both the players and the league. Players will see benefits like better salaries and better uh, protections on their contracts and all that fun stuff that comes with a collective bargaining agreement. I'm going to go to our um, collective bargaining expert, Alan. What are your thoughts on this? No, I mean, this is great. It's a five-year agreement, which is a crazy long time. Uh, it basically kind of sets the floor for the USL Players Association. Uh, I think anytime you do bargaining, sometimes it's just about getting language in the contract, and then you can work to make that contract better. Uh, you kind of find some ag agreement points. Um, 
obviously the fact that this was ratified quickly means that the players are behind it, which means they believe that they got a fair deal out of it. Uh, you're never going to feel happy after a bargaining agreement because you don't get everything you want. Uh, but I think, you know, historically this is, you know, groundbreaking uh, for second division soccer in the United States or just second division soccer in this part of the hemisphere. I was um, going to say, again, I think the news was that this is like the first second division uh, yeah, second division men's soccer in, in CONCACAF. Yeah, it's stupid. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I, I think I made the, the the comparison to like a baseball statistic. Um, I, I just think, you know, th- this just shows um, the players were clearly really well organized. Um, there was a lot of uh, stuff out there um, for the, the players they put out that they're like, hey, everyone's behind this, uh, which is great. Um Seems like everyone's pretty happy. I didn't ask anyone about it tonight. Uh, I can't wait to dig in and look at it. It just kind of sets some base base rules for compensation and for room and board and all of those things that the players want to make sure that they're getting a, a minimum and that they're treated fairly. And then you work at raising that floor. That's the next step is how to make that next contract better for everybody, uh, whether it's the the veteran um, or the you know first year guy in. Uh, but you know, five years seems to be like that. They're pretty happy with what they got. Uh, Cause usually if it's, they're not, they go for a shorter term, but this gives some uh, labor peace. I know they've been working on this for a very long time. They, they're probably over it. Um, so this gives them something to work for and find some issues to, to work around and improve for the next uh, CBA uh, that they'll probably start negotiating in uh, three or four years. Brad, Dylan, anything you want to throw on top of uh, Alan's expert analysis of the collective bargaining agreement that has that was reached between the two sides? He's more perfect than me. I'm he just is. He's the, to... he's the union expert of the group. Um, let's go. Is there anything else soccer related that y'all want to discuss before yeah, we? I got one. So last week, uh, when it was the uh, Dylan, Brad, and Cameron show, I mentioned uh, a lovely little scenario in which uh a goal was not allowed off a free kick in the uh pittsburgh riverhound miami fc game and i said there's no way that you know that this would ever hold up in a regular game well the league took a look at it and without even going to the uh without even going to the competitive committee uh, has ordered that the game will be replayed from the 67th minute, which is where the goal occurred with a score of Pittsburgh one Miami zero. So giving the goal that was allowed and then finishing the game uh, under a replay. And I believe that's happening. I want to say Saturday of this week. I don't remember off the top of my head, but that's another game to watch out for. Uh, Like I said, last week uh, playoff, uh, positions for pittsburgh because if they win this game uh and they take those points there's a good chance that they could host a a home game uh if charlotte were to drop any points in the next couple games that they have so keep your eyes out on that one but by the way i just want to say i watched like probably 50 times i replayed that clip of what happened there and I have no, uh, you you guys know me. Usually I will come up with some sort of excuse as to why that call could be made. Um, you know, why, why that was the way it happened. I could not come up with a single excuse as to why the call was made that was called in that match based on what I saw. Um, I, I know I don't know the minds of, of any of the officials involved in the match, but based on what I saw from the video, I could not even come up with an excuse as to why that was the call. You ready for hashtag team chaos here? So Pittsburgh has that point. Pittsburgh replays that. Miami scores two goals. Pittsburgh and Miami are now tied in points at 54 points. So this actually replay might actually benefit Miami more than it benefits Pittsburgh. Like Pittsburgh has more to lose by this replay than Miami does. Um, so Pittsburgh might be go, well, we deserve a home playoff match. But they if they lose, like that can hurt them way more. Um, I know some people are saying that it's like unfair or whatever. There is some precedent, like in baseball, if you misapply the rules, you can play the game under protest and then you restart the game under when those rules are misapplied. And I think that's where the debate is, is, you know, pro referees said, you know, we, it wasn't a misapplication. It was a mistake. And the league said it was a misapplication of the rule. Uh, I think going forward, that might be something to look at. Like if there is a misapplication of the rule, 
then you can play the game under protest. You basically like you notify the fourth official that you have misapplied a rule and they make note of it. And if they win that, um, win that protest, you start the game over again at that point. Uh, it happens in baseball. It's happened in soccer before. Uh, I just think it's new for a lot of people and people's heads exploded. Um, I don't dislike the misapplication of a rule, uh, not a judgment call, but a misapplication. Uh, because you you want things to be called right. Um, this seemed weird because it's kind of after the fact, um, and it seemed like a stalwart in the USL like wielded some influence to make it happen, which is also kind of gross. Uh, but I think if this is like a standard thing that everyone knows, like sure, put in the rule book, let's make it happen. Like we don't have VAR, but if it's a misappropriate misapplication of the rule, let's have a uh, a way for teams to. Uh, to protest and, and get it right. Awesome. Uh, any other quick soccer things before we move on to our random thoughts? Dylan, it looks like more. you want to say something. Yeah, there was a little bit of news from uh, Striker Texas today that apparently the Austin FC ownership met with the players and club staff and said, this is it. Uh, enjoy your final weekend, basically. This is probably... Not much of a surprise since they kind of had a fire sale, and that's why we have Ugo Okoli again. So you're saying um, Austin Bold? Yes. Did I say Austin FC? You did. No, I thought you said Bold. No, he said Austin FC. Let's have a third party chime in. Alan, what did I say? Alan, no comment. Listen. Yeah, whatever. Um, anyway. Uh, Our producer uh, sides with FC. Him. I'm sure he was paying yeah, attention. Yeah, my bad. My bad. My apologies. Austin Bold will no longer exist after this year. Um, and and it seems like they'll be moving to Fort Worth, so not too much of a a difference when it comes to traveling from here. Um, but it, it it does mean that easier flights to get some, to Fort Worth, certainly, and it might mean that we see some some true some true chaos in the coming um, years with a, a three game away trip of Oklahoma and Tulsa and Dallas. And I feel like I'm forgetting another one. RGV in San Antonio. Why not? Why not make it five games? Um, to be fair, it's Austin Bold FC. So, uh, so Dylan, yeah, I was just there. talking about the one that came first, man. Um, I'm, I'm all about <laughs> the, ori- the original Austin. And I think Harry mentioned that that Fort Worth is actually a, a bigger metro area. Uh, and I think it is also contingent on getting a stadium. Part of the built. Dallas metro area. So, I mean, you're going to get yeah. a lot more pool there. So it might actually be in the long run more successful. I know they put that team there to prove that soccer will could exist in Austin. He was supposed to get that MLS bid, and then freaking Columbus happened. Um, but if we if that ends up working and it moves to Fort Worth and it's successful, I'm all for that. Um, but uh, you know we've seen this we've seen this story before, uh, and some teams come back. You know, Fresno left and Monterey is in, in the wings. Um, you just have to hope that they come back and they come back quickly. Um, you want that to happen, but. Time will tell. Um, let's get to our random thoughts here of the night. And I am going to go to Dylan. The most random of random thoughts that was totally not fed to me by our producer. Orange County has won the very, very official Copa Califas this year. Which makes me also think that maybe they've also won the Copa Cannabis, if that's a thing that is going to exist. Seems like 2022 like, might be a good year to to reintroduce some fun cups how to about, the Western. W- we, how about we take on the role of, of reigniting the Copa Califas and we will run with it since, uh, what was it, uh, Fresno, the, the guys from Fresno were running it prior to it. So um, we could take on that, I think. We'll, we'll make it happen. We'll, we'll, and we could we could post like the stats on our website if we have to. Someone can manage that for us. Yeah, and for some extra credit, um, I think two or three weeks ago I was very dour about our our chances to make it uh, this far and to to win and pick up all the points possible from one of those shows. So um, this is me uh, eating my hat, just uh, not literally. Currently, Orange County and Colorado Springs are both even at 49 points. So much like, much like the season, Copa Marijuana Cup or whatever you called it, um, 
is coming down to the last game of the season. Um, oh, and finally, if you happen to see me in a game, no, I don't know where you could get some. So please don't ask. <laughs> oh, um, Alan, your random thought. Uh, my random thought is brought to you by WeedMaps.com. WeedMaps, where you can find all of your marijuana needs. Um, no, uh, I was just kind of... And we are not We are not promoted by WeedMaps.com, no. although if they um, want to... Hey, that's an Irvine company, baby. Local business. Make it rain. Um, <laughs> uh, my random thought, I think I kind of started out with this kind of, kind of same vibe, is um, I really appreciate that the community that U- USL has created... Uh, being at the game Wednesday night with Orange County and San Diego, it it really kind of reinforced that that you know we're all here for similar reasons. We've created this community of really awesome people who are who are doing some really awesome things, both in the sports section, but also in the community. Uh, and uh, if you are on the fringes of the supporter group, uh, step up, get involved. If there's a something that you a voice that you feel is missing, invite them in or be that voice. Uh, cause it's, it's amazing when you, you stand there and get to, to meet a bunch of really awesome people from a bunch of awesome backgrounds and you get to cheer on your favorite sportsing team. Um, so Wednesday night was a really special night for me. Um, it was super cool and, um, much love to, uh, County Line Coalition. Uh, and, um, thank you. Yeah, and I will I will chime in on that. Right, is is the four of us wouldn't know each other if not for this league, this culture, and this group of of soccer fans. Right, I met Dylan because I went to a match and I decided to talk to him, and we met Brad because we Dylan and I took a road trip up to Reno. I know we talked to you guys on podcast form, but I mean in person stuff. And Alan, you know, same thing is is we brought him onto the podcast, and I, I think we've built really great friendships out of this. And I think a lot of the supporters. Uh, of all the teams have built really great friendships uh, with people um, out of this experience of, of following a sport. Um, Brad, random thought. Alrighty. Uh, my random thought is going to be from a tweet from the mayor of Las Vegas, uh, who says uh, this weekend is the uh, UNLV Nevada football game. And usually when cities play each other in a rivalry, they'll have a, like a little friendly wager, right? You know, sometimes it's like send a bottle of booze each way uh, for whoever wins. This is the bet from uh, Carolyn Goodman, the mayor of Las Vegas. She says um, the winner sends a 2XL t-shirt to which the losing mayor has to wear at an upcoming council meeting. Um, The bet is not straight up. She is taking the uh, pathetic way of saying it, I guess. Uh, She's taking the 20 and a half point spread that... uh, UNLV needs to cover in order uh, to win this wager. So instead of going straight up and putting your money where your mouth is and being confident in your school, which hasn't won a game in the last 13 or 14 games they've played, uh, she's going to take the spread of 20 and a half points. Um, my only thought to this is uh, why take the spread? Don't be weak. And who makes for someone who lives in Vegas, who makes a bet about wearing a t-shirt into city council meeting? That's like the lamest. That's like the lamest thing you can uh, bet. Yeah, about. I was going to say, uh, Brad's talking oh, like we're all from a Nevada spread. that Sorry. we know all okay. this so Dylan, lingo. Dylan and Ray are asking me to There's explain like, like I'm like they're five. Nutella. Uh, I don't know what it is. I'm Damn. just joking, Brad. Okay. I, don't, well, I know what Dylan it is. Dylan actually has pretty good spread. A, a nice soft cheese, maybe a brie. So mm, to, goat, to explain, to explain like your five, uh, really quickly, Dylan. It's marmalade. Is, uh, it's it's the amount of points that Vegas thinks. What's the stuff from one from, team is from better than Australia? The other. Marmite. How about that? We'll try that spread. All right. Uh, anyways, uh, one more thing that I have to say: if Philadelphia Orange County, pray, if Orange County does secure a uh, a home <laughs> game, I will be in Los Angeles that weekend. I already have had a flight since someone grab the van with no windows and someone find out where Brad's going to be and just like kidnap him and bring him to the match. Yeah. I can't guarantee I'll be there, but I want to, if we get a home game. Cool. Cool. Um, my random thought, cause we're way over time now. Uh, my random thought is hey, it was fan appreciation night at the stadium this past weekend. Um, I had a group of, uh, boys from the soccer team that I coached that were there, took them down to the field to get some autographs cause they were doing autographs and the best autograph item of the night was one of the players on my, uh, soccer team. He brought a 
plastic container full of salad from CPK that had just been handed out to him because they closed up and were giving away their food. He took it onto the field with him where the signing tables were, and he had the whole team sign his plastic container of salad. Uh, and I actually asked Coach Richard Chaplow, have you ever signed a container of salad? And he said never in his years of playing and coaching has he ever signed a container of salad. So that was probably the best and craziest um, item to be signed at that event. Um, let us know, though, if you've ever um, had anything weirder signed uh, by a professional athlete or a rock star or whatever it may be. I'm saying weirder. Uh, so obviously there's the things that most people think of, you know, rock stars sign certain body parts and, uh, you know, pictures and whatever it may be. But has, has have you ever given someone a not just someone, a full soccer team, a plastic container of salad to sign um, as you go through there. So um, there's that. Gentlemen, I, I think we need to wrap things up. We went way too long here. So I want to just thank you all. Um, everyone already knows our social media stuff, so we won't say it. But follow us uh, for our podcast Twitter at OCSC underscore SoccerCast. Or go to our website, OCSCPodcast.com, to um, listen to any of our previous episodes. For Dylan, for Alan, for Brad, and our producer, Andy, this is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, and we are out. Oh,